So as I said earlier in this, uh, in my announcements, we have a special treat this morning. We have a cake auction at the end of our service that you're going to you're going to find out about. How many times can I say cake auction? Say cake auction. Anybody like cake? Did anybody walk past the cake? Just just trying to get it in your mind. All right. But the reason that we're having a cake auction is that we have an awesome discipleship training school that you're going to hear about, you're going to meet, you're going to meet a lot of their students this morning, um, of which uh, many of them, uh, we, we do a joint training school with this church in Antioch, Brighton, and uh, the majority, I believe, this year are from Antioch, Waltham, which is a first. So that, that's worth it, worthy of applause. That's okay. All right. And so... Kicking off this part of our service, is is it going to be both you and Leslie or just you, Phil? Okay, so everybody welcome Phil Masterson. He and his wife, Leslie, lead our training school. Um, Phil has been doing this. Is, this. is this your third or fourth year? Fourth year. And he also is the young adults pastor at um, Antioch Brighton. And so he is a full-time minister of God. But wearing this hat has been an awesome hat for he and Leslie. They've done a fantastic job of... Uh, investing in students, uh, men and women, for a year, um, taking them deeper into the Word of God, into the values and the kingdom values of of Scripture and of our church, and then also living a lifestyle of of ministry, uh, a holistic incarnational life of just living for Jesus 24-7 and bringing those students alongside of them. And that's capped off in an overseas trip, which you're going to hear a little bit about. But I just wanted to honor Phil. Give it up for Phil Masterson. He's awesome. We're glad you're here. Thank you, Sean. And my wife, Leslie. It is her birthday today. Yeah, that's right. She is, <clears throat> I forget how old she is. She's beautifully young, and she's amazing. Hey, um, it's so fun to be here with you guys. Yeah, so J- Sean gave a great introduction. But, again, the cake auction, so it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. We've done this now here for, I think, since it started, maybe five, six years, um, we're going to be all the proceeds. Every single dollar goes to two things. First, to support our trip to go to North Africa. You guys remember when the Luxes came through? John Lux, he preached a couple weeks ago. He's one of our missionaries, one of our first missionaries that we've sent. He's been in North Africa for 10 years, so we're going to go join their team. So it's, first of all, it goes towards that. And then secondly, this is, this is really exciting, is it goes towards the scholarship fund for our ADS students. So again, every single dollar goes through either our trip or we're really trying to get as much money into that scholarship fund because some people, it's a little bit difficult to pay for it or we have to work out a payment plan. But from you guys' generosity, it goes right towards that so they can actually do the school next year. So again, the, the discipleship school, it's been happening since the beginning of the churches uh, has started here in Boston. So about 18 years we've had discipleship schools, and about, I would guess maybe three to 400 people have gone through it over the years. Who has gone through the discipleship school? If you've gone through it, raise your hand. Awesome. All right, so we're going to have a huge class next year because most of you haven't done it, and this is the time to do it, all right? Hey, just a couple details about it, and then I'm going to actually invite up a couple students to give a testimony about what it's done in their lives. But a couple details is it's a 10-month-long program. And it's all about getting teachings that are going to challenge your life. It's about living in community with a group of people who are saying, hey, we want to live like Jesus. And it's us life on life as directors and as staff saying, we want life on life discipleship, checking in in your life, asking how things are going, encouraging, exhorting you to live more like Jesus. Every single person in the school has a full-time job or almost everybody. So this is, we accommodate those who are working. Um, 
even families have done it, and we're going to, especially for families, we're loving for more families to join us, and we have a ton of families here, so we want to talk, Leslie and I want to talk to you families about how, what would this look like even for help with child care, and make sure you guys can get through this as well, because we think it's a very valuable thing for every person to go through. So, without further ado, I want to invite up Sammy and Richard, they're going to be coming up, and they're, they're going to just testify to what has the training school done in their life this year, all right? I'm going to start with you, Richard. Here you go. Hey, I'm Richard. Um, so it's really hard to summarize what has been significant to me through ADS in two minutes. But I think um, first, first thing, like I'm so thankful that I take ADS this year. Um, it has been like significant for me. Um, think about like the things that are significant. The first and foremost is I know more about God. Um, I remember at the beginning of AD, ADS, I uh, we just heard the teaching, Father Heart of God, um, and we we were given like a private time to journal and receive the word from God, um, and I was just laying down like all the anxiety and the fear I have uh, about like job, w- life, dating, um, and uh, um, yeah, and God said like you. Don't think about this for now. Uh, just this season of life, just think about like how much I love you. This is the only thing I want you to learn. Um, and uh, and the second, yeah, like since then, like the security and confidence I built up since then, in God, like in God's love, has been like so impactful for me, uh, like through like job and everything. Um, the second is. The second is about like knowing about myself. Um, yeah, I either like identity in Christ, like God's calling as a Christian um, for my life, and also personal identity, uh, which is uh, my personality. Uh, understand like my fear and my basic desire, and how it impacts my behavior, my thoughts, my patterns. Uh, and I also realize um, how much it, um, you know, like some major um, gr- like area that I need to grow that I haven't realized before. Uh, I see like major transformation there. Um, and the third is like a realignment of my life um, from like, God, can you help me? This is the life I want to live to God. Um, what is, uh, can you help me, like, understand what life you want me to, li- to live? Um, and from um, church is church, work is work, to uh, God, I know, like, you have a specific calling for me, even at my workplace. What is it? Show me. Um, and also from my previous, like, dating relationship to, like, the, the calling of um, the marriage that God wants me to have, um, and the last and but not the least is uh, the friendship. There's so much fun to be with, like these amazing people uh, this year. I seen like laughter and tears, um, and the the trust and the friendship we have built up will always be there. Yeah.
Okay, so when I was asked to speak today, my first thought was, this is crazy. Um, me, the one who never talks, um, let alone speaking in public um, and giving my testimony. So I thought Leslie was joking, but she wasn't joking. So how did I get here? How did I get on this stage into the point where I can talk to you guys? Um, so I have two answers. The first is Jesus, and the second is community. So this year, my understanding of both of those things has been blown out of the water. Um, I know that people have said it before, and it's a little bit of a cliche at this point, but um, the training school in ADS is family. Um, yeah, some of these people I literally had never met less than a year ago. Like, I honestly, like, I didn't know them because they went to Antioch, Brighton, and I had never been there. So I literally had no idea who these people were. But today I can say that um, we're family. ADS has pushed me in a way I never knew existed, yet I'm so grateful for. It's revolutionized my view of the world, and it's taught me so much about life, who I am, and who Jesus is. I'm not the same person that I was this time last year, and it's such an amazing thing. I'm able to see so many changes in how much Jesus has grown me, and I've even had people who aren't believers come up to me and ask me what changed. And I, I just say, Jesus changed me. And it's just, it's so cool to see. Um, this year's been one of the best of my life, but it's not because everything went perfectly, because when in life does anything go perfectly? But it's because I had... Um, my relationship with Jesus changed so much that I was able to rely on that and just to trust in that. And I had such a good group of people around me telling me that I was loved. And when I couldn't see that for myself, they were there with me, praying for me and with me and supporting me. Um, yeah, so it's just like such a community and it's such a change from anything that I had ever known. Um, yeah, it's just so cool to see um, how fast relationships are built there and how much, like, Jesus just moved through ADS. Like, within, like, two or three weeks, like, they had us off on a retreat together. And I was like, uh, okay. But it's just, like, so cool to see, and it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Thank you, guys. Do we love Richard and Sammy? And so God wants to do amazing things in each one of your lives, and we, we feel like here in Antioch that the discipleship school is one way to really accelerate him doing deep things in your life. So I really ask you guys, pray about it, consider it, and if you want to know more details, come talk to either Leslie or I after the service. All right, this time, Marla, come on up. Hey, so we have the, we have the privilege of hearing from Marla this morning. She's going to bring the word. Marla is... Uh, we flew her from Zimbabwe here, special speaker. We didn't, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, no, but here's, usually I preach this message on ADS Sunday, and uh, I was all ready to a couple weeks ago, and, and um, but kind of the Lord was saying, uh, I had experienced Marla. She has the, really a gift of communication, and we saw it come out a few times, in the discipleship school, she had a couple opportunities to, to teach in front of our class. And so I just, it honestly was from the Lord. And it was like, she's got to preach. You, you're not doing it this Sunday. And so I said, okay, Lord, let's, let's do it. And so I was able to work with Marla. Uh, you guys are in the middle of a series, Building Your Kingdom Now. 
This is something that Marla's passionate about. So I was able to work with her this whole week, but I am so excited. This woman, gifted speaker, communicator, loves Jesus, and she's going to bring a powerful word that's going to compel us to be men and women who pray. So Marla, I'm so pumped for you. Let me pray for Marla right now. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful for Marla. Thank you for all the things that you're doing in her life. And I pray, Lord, right now that you would just allow her to uh, communicate clearly with um, fire for us to, to be encouraged and pushed to pray. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Bright light. Um, so, as Phil said, my name is Marla, um, and I'm both excited and nervous to be standing in front of you. But, um, so, I moved from Zimbabwe two years ago, so I wasn't flown in this week specifically for this. But I moved um, from Zimbabwe two years ago to pursue a master's degree in international development. But actually, two years later, I believe the reason that I left home and landed in Waltham was because God wanted to encounter me, bless me out of my socks, rock my world. And that's in large part because of you as a community and the way that you've shown and um, allowed me to experience the Father's love. So before I go into this message, I'd like to take some time to honor you for the way you've loved me, accepted me, and just embrace me. So thank you. <clears throat> I actually have it on my notes that don't cry, don't get choked up. <laughs> that failed, so I'm going to jump into the message for today. And today we're going to be talking about the value and the importance of a praying community. Um, in the next couple of minutes, I'm going to retell Acts 12 verses 1 to 12, my rendition, kind of cool. Um, and then I'm going to pull out a few um, key elements that I think are integral and then leave us with some practical steps um, to take going forward. So before I go into Acts 12, just an overview of major events leading up to Acts 12. We have Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's been poured out. People have received power and authority. They're going out. They're preaching boldly. The Gentiles are hearing the word. And then we have this major encounter that Paul has on his way to Damascus. Saul has on his way to Damascus to, to persecute um, the, this early church and, and the new believers. And he has an encounter with the Holy Spirit, radically transforms and changes his life. And that brings us to where we have Paul. So here we are in a time and in a season where the church is experiencing exponential growth. Exciting things are happening, but on the flip side, they're also experiencing deep and hard persecution. So we come into Acts chapter 12, where Herod Agrippa is heavily persecuting the church. James, one of the, early, uh, one of the, early, one of the first disciples to be called by Jesus, he's just been killed, and Paul finds himself in prison. So here we go. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 12, as told by Mara. <laughs> Our journey starts, and it's heavy, intense, and hard. As I said, James has just been killed, and Paul, he finds himself in prison. He's in a dark dungeon cell with no light. His wrists, his ankles, are bound to two Roman soldiers. Those Roman soldiers are chained to the wall. And as if that's not enough, because Herod Agrippa is so committed to making sure that this gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't reach anyone else, he has 16 additional soldiers in rotation guarding this one cell. 
So here Peter is in a dark, hard, and hopeless place. He's staring out of his cell, and there's no way out. He must be thinking, well, I guess this is the way I go out. Where else can I go from here? There's no escape. And as Peter processes through the reality that he finds himself in, I think he experienced what all humans would experience, and that's a series of emotions. So the fear comes in, the anger, the doubt, the frustration, and the questions start. Why, Lord? Where are you? Is this what you meant when you called me to build the kingdom? This isn't what I thought it would look like. This is hard and this hurts. And the scene closes on Peter. And in verse 5, happening parallel to what Peter is encountering is a church. A gathering of believers is together, praying and crying out to Jesus. Verse 5 in the New Living Translation says, While Peter was in prison, the church prayed earnestly for him. So day and night, people are in intercession, crying out for God to do what only he can do. And that's come into this dark, hopeless, and hard situation and bring life. We fast forward to verse 7, and the miracle does happen. It happens in Peter's cell. So verse 7 says, The night before Peter was set to stand trial and be sentenced to death, an angel of the Lord comes down. So bright light breaks into the cell. An angel comes down. He walks up to Peter, shakes him. Quick, get up. Let's go. Get your stuff. Half days, not really sure. Am I in a dream? Is this real? Peter gets up. Not bound to the soldiers anymore. Okay. Gonna put on my shoes. Okay. I'm gonna get my cloak. Okay. Half running, half power walking. They pass the first guard post. Really real, pinch me. Am I dreaming? What's going on? Peter must be thinking. And then they pass the second guard post. Finally, they walk through these massive iron gates into the city, into Sidon. And as Peter enters this free state, the angel leaves. Verse 11 tells us that at this moment, Peter wakes up and realizes no, this is not a dream. I'm free. That place of darkness, hopelessness, captivity, that place of impossibility, that place is behind him. Why? Because a community of believers gathered together and would not relent until Jesus broke through. Lord, I pray for the ability to speak your truth. May I decrease and may you increase. Amen. Whoa, Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 12. Sounds pretty cool. An action movie I would go and see. So a summary of what we've just experienced. So first thing, the church is experiencing hardship, challenges, and persecution. So as we're building the kingdom, we will experience some challenges. We'll experience some hardships. We'll experience some persecution. But our response in these difficult times is to pray. 
this is what we see that the community does as Peter is being uh, awaiting to be sentenced to death and as the church itself is being persecuted. They gather together and they pray. And the third point that we see within Acts 12, verses 1 to 12, is that God responds. Luke 11, um, in Luke 11, Jesus is asked by one of the disciples to teach them to pray. So he walks them through the, Lord, uh, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father. And then at, in verse 9, as he concludes this portion of teaching to pray, he tells them that ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And to that he adds that, if you earthly fathers know to give good gifts, what more will our heavenly father do when we ask for the Holy Spirit to be poured out? So we see that living and in action here in Acts chapter 12. So what we do when we're in hardship is to pray. And as we pray, we pray and stand in faith because we know that our father is good and he will respond and he will answer. Okay, so I just gave you that breakthrough. Uh, that breakdown, not breakthrough. It is a breakthrough in some ways. Um, so I gave you that breakdown. Um, and earlier this week, I met with a friend and a mentor, and we were talking about what this would look like and what exactly I was hoping to communicate and what the objective was. And similar to what I've just done, I ran him through this. And he looks at me, and he's, he's, he, he's a pretty intense person, um, but he's also cool. So he looks at me, and he's like, yeah, 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 sure, yeah, sure. But what's the takeaway? And I'm like, pray. That's maybe. But I, I didn't say that. I, I was just like, well, you know, I'm just feeling and thinking that the Lord really wants. And he's like, no, no, like, what do you think is the takeaway? And I was like, um, I, I really, I didn't understand what he was asking. But I also didn't know how to, ex to communicate that I didn't understand what he was asking because he's so cool and I wanted to seem so cool too. So I'm just sitting there and I'm like, yeah, you know, like, um, so the spirit, and he's like, you know what? I've got an idea. And I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, why don't you come up with one of those cool equations that you come up with? And I was like, um, okay, we'll do that. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I had to communicate a message that I thought was really difficult and I was struggling to come up to come up with an idea that would like sum it up in a way that embodied the importance, but also didn't take away from the values and the elements that were a part of it. So as I processed through it with the Lord, he spoke to me in the form of an equation. I want to confess that it was only once, that one time, that I, the Lord spoke to me in the form of an equation. But I may have embellished a little when I communicated this equation and made it appear that I speak and think in mathematical terms when the Lord speaks to me. So as he sat there and he, as he spoke to me, that's what he was thinking back to. He's thinking to this one occurrence with this one, equa one equation. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, like, like the Lord speaks to you through equations and through math. Now, homegirl, don't do math. No, no, no. Yes, to figure out how much 20% off of a pair of shoes, I'm going to do that. But other than that, I, 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 and that's how it ends with math. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, like, 
because the Lord speaks to me in math and like, yeah, 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 you know, I'm going to go sleep on it. I'm going to pray about it. And, and I'm going to allow the spirit to speak to me. I'll be back tomorrow and I'll let you know. So I walk out of this meeting and I'm walking home and I'm like, Lord, oh, speak. Jesus, help me. And so I'm walking home, nothing. I get home to my mom and my sister who are visiting from Zimbabwe. Um, and my sister's like, hey, how are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. So she doesn't understand, like, I'm going through this mental internal process of trying to figure out this mathematical equation to, to, to explain this. And so day passes, and I go to bed, and I wake up, still no equation. And we had another meeting that day. So as I walk to our second meeting for the week, I'm like, no, no, I can do this. Like, I can figure this out. Lord, you did a miracle in Acts 12, so there's a miracle waiting for me here. So speak miraculously. And yes, he spoke. And so equation, not much of an equation, but the mathematical sum that he gave me was that community plus prayer equals miracles. Community plus prayer equals miracles. When we come together, stand in faith and believe that our God is a faithful father and that he hears, and not only does he hear, that he answers, we usher in the atmosphere of heaven into our situations and our circumstances. Okay, so you may be wondering, what is community? What does prayer look like? And what miracles should we expect? First bit, community. We are a community. To define that, it's a, it's a group of diverse and unique people that come together around a specific goal or vision. What we see in Acts 12 is a diverse group of people coming together in prayer for de the deliverance of the church, but also for the deliverance of Peter. In, in a more like day-to-day practical example, small groups, life groups, ministry teams, ADS. Okay, so those are, that is what community is. The second bit is prayer. So there's different forms of prayer, but the specific type of prayer that we see in Acts 12 is an intercessory prayer. So that stems from a deep dissatisfaction of the current situation and the events that we find ourselves in. And out of that deep dissatisfaction, we cry out to God for him to pour out his spirit, his love, and his power into the circumstances so what we see would be in accordance to his word um, as it appears in scripture and as we know to be true in the promises that he's given us. And finally, what we have when you bring community and that revolutionary intercessory prayer together is breakthrough and miracles. So what miracles are, are divine interventions. It's when heaven breaks through the atmosphere of earth into our reality and into our existence and things begin to be transformed and shaped into the likeness and accordance of what God had planned, right? So community plus prayer equals the impossible becoming possible. So like 
my friends have shared, 10 months ago, we signed up for what I was not sure I would be getting, um, but we signed up to spend an intensive um, two days a week in the Word with each other and getting to know what it looks like to build the kingdom and to ask and cry out for God's miracles and power, signs and wonders to become a thing that exists in our lives. And so in joining ADS and, and in participating in ADS, um, we each came with from different places and struggling and experiencing different things. For some, it had been years of struggle. Others, it was just like, I'm not really sure, I'm not really certain. But what happened when we came together and as one person got vulnerable and started to share what was difficult and started to express and explain and bring us into that place of, of darkness, of hopelessness, that place where they felt bound and chained to the wall, what happened was we started to come together. And as one person was experiencing this, this difficulty, as one person was in that place that Paul had found himself in, someone stood and prayed. And then someone else stood and prayed. Someone else joined that line. And another. And another. And another. And slowly, those things that had otherwise been impossible became possible. Because when a community gathers together and stands in prayer, this is what it looks like. They create a wall. And this wall is not only a defense, but it is an offensive stance too. Because it's keeping the attacks and the continued persecution of the enemy from coming and reaching this place. But it's also creating and facilitating a space for me over here to experience the truth of God, to start to hear and feel and see the goodness because people have stood together to make room for me to encounter God. So when we pray, when we stand together, when we stand in the gap, this is what we're doing. We're creating this line of defense, but we're also giving the opportunity for an offense. So, practical steps, takeaways. Number one, get real. Join a small group, join a life group, join a D group, join ADS. Consider taking some time out of your year next year to spend time with a group of people who not only see you, but love you and pray for you. Number two, Join a prayer meeting. We have prayer meetings on Wednesday mornings. We also have corporate prayer meetings on Sunday mornings. And what's happening is the exact same thing, creating this line of defense. And finally, if you're not sure what to pray for or what to pray about or what to stand the gap, in the gap for, we have teams out on the field. We have laborers who have committed to bringing the gospel to those who have not heard to making sure that the love of Jesus reaches every single person. 
consider praying for them. Consider lifting them up. Considering, consider uh, being the one who stands in the gap and allows them to encounter Jesus. We have Sarah, a dear friend and sister, who goes on a three-month internship in Indonesia. She needs 50 people to commit to praying for her every day. Consider being one of those 50. And even if we exceed 50, that's okay, right? (laughs) (laughs) And we also have a team going out to North Africa in the summer. Consider partnering with us in prayer for that. Now, to close this message, I'd like to invite you to stand. For the next few minutes, we're going to spend some time in prayer and intercession for our city wall fam. We're going to spend some time asking God to pour out his love, to pour out his presence, to encounter the people that live in the city. We're going to spend some time asking God for breakthrough. Asking God for breakthrough in our lives, but also asking God for breakthrough in the lives of those around us. For the next few minutes, we're standing and we're saying, no, not in my city, because in my city, the presence of God will have authority. In my city, the presence of God will have authority. I'll lead us out, and I'll pray in my mother tongue, Shauna. But please, in one voice, feel free to spend the next few minutes crying out to God to pour out his love, his spirit, and his presence on our city. Mungemuri Itai kuti simbarenyu ringeriro rinotonga muno mwari. Itai kuti baba imi munge murimi muno zikano wa samambo mika muno. So yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the city of Waltham. Thank you that you have a plan and a purpose, oh Lord Jesus. Thank you for the work that you're already doing in the city and the work that you will be faithful to complete, oh Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would stir in our hearts a hunger and a desire to see your name exalted and your name enthroned in this city. Lord, I pray that we would be those that come together in prayer, O Lord Jesus, mighty God, that we would be those that 
stand in the gap, O Lord Jesus, mighty God. Lord, I pray for a revelation and an understanding of what happens when we come together and we pray, O Lord Jesus, mighty God. And Lord, as we come together and as we pray, Lord Jesus, I pray for signs, wonders, and miracles, O Lord Jesus, mighty God. Lord, I pray for... I pray for a day where we stand and we continue to testify to your goodness, that we'd have a service where it's just entirely testimony of what you're doing as a result of our prayer, O Lord God. So, Lord, we say, yes, Lord, come and do it. Come and do it again. Come and do it in our midst, O Lord God. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. 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 Who's thankful for Marla and that word? That's a good word, Marla. Amen. Hey, I hope you guys are stirred to build his kingdom here through the power of prayer. And I really believe that as prayer groups start, as they, there was a 9 a.m. prayer that happens here before the service every single week. Come and join that. We pray for the service. We pray for individual people in our midst. We pray for just the power of the Spirit to work through us. There's a Wednesday morning prayer group that meets. Uh, and then, of course, there's just, I'm sure there's, there's other uh, prayer groups that have started. But I'm like, come on, just say, hey, I want to start something. I want to I gather around people in prayer. And life group this week say, hey, who's got a prayer need? Let's, let's make a wall for that person. Let's, let's believe that there's going to be a powerful breakthrough in whatever area of your life that you need. All right? Hey, you know, I, I, I actually got stirred as well. Uh, we, we have like a couple minutes one of the reasons why we're here in Waltham, why we planted here, was because of these two amazing universities that are right here, Brandeis and Bentley. And I'm believing, and we're still believing, there's going to be a major, uh, I, I'm seeing a Brandeis shirt out there. Come on, you in the back. I'm seeing a couple other Brandeis students. Hey, I want Alex and Jonathan, get up here right now. I'm calling them out. They didn't know I'm doing this. Alex is a football coach at Bentley. Jonathan is a Ph.D. student at Brandeis. I'm just like, hey, let's pray right now for these two universities. I want you guys to pray on the mic, and we're just going to say, hey, we're going to build that wall with them as we're believing for a powerful move of God amongst college students right here in this city. Don't we believe for a college ministry to happen and really take off here in this, in this church? Wouldn't that be amazing? Let's see it happen. All right, here, Alex, you, you lead out for Bentley, and just join him in prayer, and then we'll pass, pass it to Jonathan, all right? this university that was established here. Lord, I pray for the young men and women who've come here uh, for, to, to further their knowledge, Lord, but it's in vain if it's not with you, Lord. So I pray that you would flood that campus with the knowledge of you, Lord, that addictions would be broken, that their worth would not come from relationships with one another or medications, Father, but it would be from you. So I lift up right now, athletes in action, um, the men and women ministering to the athletes at Bentley, that you'd be with them, that you'd give them a refreshment, Lord, that the athletes, the fraternities, the sororities, Father, believers on that campus who are afraid to speak out in you would be ambassadors for you, Lord. I pray for the employees who know you, um, that they would wear their faith on their sleeve, that you'd give them boldness, Lord, as they walk on that campus, that you would empower us to proclaim the gospel in your name, with power, Lord. So I pray for breakthrough at Bentley, Lord, that you would uh, bring students here, God, that they would experience your love and kindness. In Jesus' name. Lord, we, uh, we come together, God, for Brandeis, Lord. 
for our brothers and for our Jewish brothers and sisters, Lord. God, that, that, they would, that they would know that Jesus is the Messiah, Lord. He's the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, Lord. So, Father, pray, we pray for them, God, that the, that the gospel would be preached, God, and released, God, and that the darkness, God, the spirit of suicide, the spirit of depression over that campus, Lord, would leave, Lord, and that people would come to life, Jesus, that there would be healing, God. And so we just thank you, God, for what you're going to do because you said, God, when you come into agreement together, Lord, that it'll come to pass, Lord. So I thank you that the words, God, spoken over that campus will come to pass, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for impromptu coming and praying on the mic. Amen.